Welcome to another episode of The Key Lies Within. Yay! Here I share the inner workings of thoughts and experiences I have or am going through as a form of therapy and a creative outlet for self, as well as discovering those conscious and unconscious happenings in an effort to create awareness. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I will be talking about my experience with low energy in my 30s and what's that all about and what I have been experiencing and feeling and how I've been identifying ways to break through that. Let's go. Low energy is when your mind and body is tired, is overwhelmed, it doesn't function as intended, and it's just very, very fatigued. And so lifestyle factors that play into low energy is stress of any kind, um, family responsibilities, if you feel like you're spreading yourself thin, it can even be in a work environment if you are spreading yourself thin as well diet, um, exercising, and most importantly, sleep. So sleep is where we repair, where our bodies uh, is being in repair mode. And if we're skimping on that or not consistent with it, we will definitely experience low energy. So uh, potential medical reasons for low energy could be um, if you have some type of disorder like sickle cell anemia, or if you have low iron, or if you are vitamin D deficient, you know, vitamin D is classed as a vitamin, but really in your body, it acts as a hormone. So it has a play in almost everything in your body. So once you start becoming deficient in vitamin D, you start having a slew of different um, symptoms. A lot of times when people are vitamin D deficient, it kind of mimics like different symptoms of different um, ailments and diseases. And so that leaves a person like thinking, do I have this? Do I have that? And once they go get their blood work, it's like you're severely low on vitamin D. And then we also see like during the height of the COVID, COVID, COVID um, epidemic that vitamin D played a key role in people's recovery from COVID. So that just shows you vitamin D is almost always the reason for low energy and um, because now you put yourself in a, your body in a stress mode. So it's not going to um, work as designed. So if you don't have some of those key elements that kind of combat them, you'll start seeing low energy as a result of it. For me, 
I have been experiencing very low energy, like at a certain uh, point of the day, even when it's pretty early in the day, I feel like I'm zapped and I have to rely on things like coffee to give me like that quick fix. But I've identified that my uh, causes for low energy is related to poor diet, uh, not taking enough vitamins, the right vitamins, um, no uh, exercise regimen. I exercise here and there. I, f- I feel like I got a good momentum going and then it just doesn't um, remain consistent. And um, mine is a lot of stress. It's particularly from work and um, in my work style. How I work is at work is I am, I'm just doing, 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 doing. And then I look up at the time, I'm like, oh, snaps, I haven't eaten. And at one point, I was very bad about not eating. And I worked the entire shift and not eat. And... Um, you can imagine what that resulted to. And then once I come home, I have no energy. I have nothing to give to myself or to my partner or even to experiences because I am so depleted because I'm not taking care of myself. I will say now that I'm in my 30s, even though I'm only like two years into my 30s, Like, I feel like the change, a big change, where in my 20s, I was more, I was more diligent about my rest, how I ate, and um, when I ate, but it's like, now I'm being a little reckless with myself and allowing myself to do things that I know is not beneficial, things like uh, stress. I know that can only lead to one thing, and especially stressing about things where it's not going to. It 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 doesn't benefit me to stress about, especially as far as a a job goes, because what I have to tell myself is that I'm very replaceable, and if I get sick today or tomorrow, or something happens to me, no one's going to hold my job for me. No one's going to look out for me as far as like an employer. So I try to keep that stuff in perspective and, and I'm, I am working little by little to create those habits, um, so that I am pouring into myself. So, you know, at work I'm being, a little more intentional of what I'm doing and uh, starting to focus on like these are the things I have to do today. And then, um, yeah, so these are the things I just have to do today. I just can't get around these today. And, And trying to pace myself that way and not compromising my health for anything and 
just just identifying things that I can do better, like vitamins, taking vitamins. I know I'm probably, I've always kind of been deficient in vitamin D. And so that's always been a struggle, but I haven't been as depleted in it as I am now. And so those are my struggles with low energy and things I am identifying that Hey, I can I can do much better. I only have this one body. No one can take care of it for me. I have to take care of it myself. I have to be able to be good to myself and be able to pour into myself and be able to evolve. And that's outside of any uh, job position. I have to be mentally in tune and at peace and calming and not in stress mode because stress only um, makes you want to snack, want to not eat all the right things and do all the good things for your body. And even uh, having a large amount of weight on your body can lead to low energy because now you're lugging around a body that may be too big for your frame. And that's the case for me. And I feel every bit of it. And, you know, you start to have different things come up, like acid reflex. If you have, like, too much weight on your stomach, it kind of pushes between the that cloak that it, it's, it's, a, it's like a sphincter, which if you think about it, it's like a door between your esophagus and your stomach. That closes when you're not eating. But we have acid reflux. That door stays open and it allows for your stomach acids to come back up your esophagus. So that's when you feel heartburn or when you feel like you belch and, and something acidic is going to come up. Which is not good because your stomach acid is intended to stay in your stomach and help break down whatever you're you're consuming uh, in order to digest it in your body. So, you see, that's one way that the the body isn't working as intended and some of the cause and factors and contributors are. So, you know, I invite you all to share some of your experiences and stories with low energy Or even if you have high energy, you know, what is working for you all and what is not working for you all. So you can send an email into tklwpodcast at gmail.com and let's, you know, include some of your experiences in the next podcast so that, you know, we can share tips and tricks so that if others are going through this, they have other perspectives on what's working for others and then what's not working for others. So mental health and energy goes uh, hand in hand. A lot of times if you are experiencing fatigue, brain fatigue, brain fog, it is indirect Uh, connection to your energy, like the output of energy that you will be given, 
even if you feel a little more energetic, the brain fog will kind of have you producing at a lower energy level. Um, so the connections that I'm finding between mental health and energy is that if I am not a good steward of stopping, being present, meditating, reading, uh, isolating myself from electronics because those are the big hinderers of mental health because you are receiving all of whatever is coming off of these screens, off of these devices, um, and you kind of overstimulating your brain and you can, you can uh, almost, you can feel the difference. Like if you've been in the computer all day or your phone all day, you almost start to feel like, well, for me, I, I start to feel sick. And then I think, why did I do that to myself? Why did I even pick up this phone? What was my reason for even doing this? So I would say definitely um, limiting it, limiting it, limit, limit electronic device activity. So for me, at work, I have to use a computer in most instances, but I can still limit it, the, um, my interaction with the computer at work so that when I get home, I still can use the computer a little bit to get some things done that I need to get done. And then, um, with social media, I'm, I'm in the habit of deleting the app and attempts to never re-download it, but that's not very realistic. Because it's almost like a, a addiction in a sense. Like you you want to stroll even though you're not always getting anything from strolling and looking and things like that. So, <clears throat> um, and so things that I'm doing to manage my stress is the biggest thing is identifying what causes me stress. So I know that my work, my my career work affects, um, uh, brings me stress. And I know me not pouring into myself personally, personally like I like causes me stress. So I know I at least have to find a balance between work and life. So that once when I'm at work, I'm efficient, but I'm not burnt out. And once I get off, I'm I'm on to my personal life. And that's the focus, which I am pretty good about that. But it's still sometimes work still lingers a little in the back of my head. Um, just because I'm in a leadership role and it. It it could likely be that the leadership role is just not something that's conducive for me because it's not putting me in a position to be as progressive as I like or it feels like I'm not ever going to be able to be in a space where I will be able to progress. 
um, this this particular department and get any real turnaround. Um, and then another thing is anxiety. So I do have anxiety. I do often get anxious because I am worrying about what's going to happen next. And so what has started to help me with that is, you know, telling myself I can only do or change anything in the current time sitting here as I'm talking. I can only be and do in the now. I can't predict the future. I can't shape it in a way that will guarantee that I will have the outcome that I would like. So instead of doing, um, instead of doing that, I, I am, um, I'm learning that now is what matters. This is all that I can push and control. And then burnout, what I have been managing with burnout is trying to designate certain days for certain things to take care of it no matter what so that I have like designated time for it or I at least know like today it has to I have to have this covered and um yeah so once I have fully implemented those tips plus more because the diet you know the diet and all that stuff will play a role even though it's mental health um I will start to see an improvement and you will too if I think the biggest thing is identifying what's not working because that's typically usually pretty easy to identify because human nature, we tend to focus on what's not going right. So it's always easy to identify what's not going right and you can use what's not going right to turn it around and make it go right. So with balancing priorities, um, there come challenges with balancing between work, family, social life, and self-care. So for me, balancing work in my personal life has been quite the task. But the things I have been identifying is that I need to have a stopping point for work because a lot of times when you are in a leadership role, there's like no real like there's not uh, a workflow process that will indicate, hey, I've, I've done all the work here. So this is the end of my eight-hour shift. I'm going to go out. I'm going to leave. But uh, identifying that end point, a stopping point, like start wrapping up an hour before I need to get out of there, only working eight hours, not overworking myself just because I'm in a leadership or a salary role. And um, having something for myself and not feeling like I'm giving an employer all of me and nothing to myself in my personal life. And for, uh, so for family life, I do live away from my family 
Um, but I do make sure that I have regular communication with them. So I am pretty good about that. And um, social life, I don't have big social life, but I don't, I don't really like the night, the nightlife scene as, as you know, I've had, I had enough of that in my twenties, but I do want to be more social and um, network with people. So that is something definitely that I have been kind of using, getting settled into a new city as a excuse um, because it's, it's easy just to focus on like kind of putting roots down versus kind of finding where the people are, you know, putting myself out there to talk to people. And then self-care, you know, self-care is my biggest thing. I have to do self-care. And when I don't, I feel, I, I feel it. So like me, my biggest self-care is taking baths, sitting in a tub and just, you know, soaking for a while with some, some Epsom salt and some, some good stuff in the tub. And then uh, another big self-care thing that um, really helps me is exercise, like riding my bike, going for a walk, doing an exercise, um, and doing activities that bring joy is my self-care because that really pours into me and rejuvenate me. And so, um, with all that said, time management is key to conserving energy and burnout. So how you manage your time, definitely make or break a lot of your priorities. So some ways to manage your time is there's different techniques like um, the Pomodoro technique where you work for, uh, it varies, you usually work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and then you work for 25 minutes or focus for 25 minutes and take a five minute break. And then you work for another 25 minutes and then you take a 15 minute break and then you work for another 25 minutes. So the idea is to, you know, kind of designate time to focus and hone in on that focus and then take a break where you could just kind of regroup yourself. And then ideally in the 25 minutes, it's like, which is, you don't have to do it this way, but ideally it's like you're focusing on one thing and then once the time is over, you move into something else. So it allows you to do, to work a little bit on everything so that you're not feeling like you're missing something or that you spend too much time on something to the point where it may not even be effective that um, you're spending that much time on it. Um I think a big thing is knowing what time of day is the best time for you to sit down and focus on things because some people focus better at night, some people focus better in the morning first thing. So knowing that time of day where you thrive mentally uh, is definitely a good time management because you will get more output. 
And then even, you know, some people wake up extremely early, have really early days, and that set them up to be very productive as the day progressed. And so they have pretty early days, but it's essentially their their most prime production time is really with the presence of the sun. So, you know, fueling off of that. And then another time management thing is designating everything having its designated time. So if you want to work on different projects, maybe you're working on those different projects on certain days or having a schedule of what you're going to be working on really helps with time management. And just being realistic realistic of where you are today, if you have issues focusing, you can build that focus through um, focusing on a, on a project or an ideal or something you want to know. Focusing on it for as long as you can and noting that time and then take a few minute break. And then when you come back, you work to focus on it one minute longer and then you take a break and then another minute longer and then you take a break and then you just keep adding time to it until you get to like 20, 30 minutes. So now you mentally strengthen yourself and your focus to be able to to be more productive and be more in tune into what you're doing. So the importance and the role of diet and nutrition in maintaining your energy levels. This is the other half of the mental health. You have to have a well-balanced diet and a lot of physical um, working of the body in order to have those energy levels right where you want it, right? Because like things like exercise can combat stress because when you're exercising, you have um, dopamine that releases, which gives you like that euphoric feeling, like similar to when you're doing something that you enjoy. Dopamine is um, is like the competing opposite hormone to, or is it an, is a neurotransmitter? But it's the opposite of cortisol. So cortisol comes when you have stress. So, you know, naturally we do have some level of stress that's happening in our body because our body systems are working. So there are little stresses that our bodies experience without any outside factors. But once you start to um, add um, other stresses on top of that, you know, you have the levels of cortisol go up and the levels of dopamine go down. So that's when you have people that are experiencing depression and um, and different mental health issues because of that high level of cortisol. And what that high level of cortisol also do is keep you in a fight or flight mode because the high cortisol level is usually synonymous with you being in some type of immediate danger. 
So your body is always operating as flight or fight. Even when you're not in any immediate danger, which uh, just keeps suppressing your body from functioning normal, for you having a desire to eat as usual, for you to get up and do things as usual. <clears throat> so the key is to eat things that's nutritious to have and, and consume all the vitamins and everything. And also making sure you're getting that exercise in because the exercise is a direct um, reverser to stress because you have that dopamine that releases that, that's competing against the uh, cortisol. And so tips to incorporate into a busy lifestyle, especially when in your 30s, is finding a good time to exercise that, that you can do on a regular basis, like a, a, a time slot. Um, find a mode of exercise that you will enjoy no matter how much you do it. And, you know, identify your purpose for exercising. You know, when you have a purpose, a driving factor behind why you're doing it, you're going to keep doing it and create discipline around the things you know you need to be doing regardless if you want to do it or not so like for instance like my mom she gets up and walk at the walking track almost every day and she does it at the exact same time it's a it's a non-negotiable now the only time she may not is like if it's raining or if um she may not be filling up to it, but a lot of times she she get up and she go and she do it and she get her exercise. She do probably she walk probably between five, three to five miles. And, you know, it's her routine. It's her thing. And so for me, I believe that that is the key, like it being synonymous with your everyday life as if like if you were going to work. Like you go to work at the same time every day, you can exercise at the same time of day. So for me, what I'll be doing is making sure I'm leaving home at the right time. So I'm getting to work on time and that I'm getting off on time so that I won't have these issues. Because a lot of my issues come around sleep and poor diet. No exercise, and um, we can. It's is very fixable, and with these tips and tricks and anything that um, you may have read about or heard about, it it all works. You just have to put it into practice and be very diligent and disciplined about it. Quality sleep is very vital for restoring energy. In our sleep, we we are in restoration. And the longer you sleep is actually tied to how much your body feels like it needs to repair you. So if you notice, like if you are super tired and you just drop to sleep and you're just so exhausted, a lot of times if you if if you allow your body to sleep 
without an alarm or things like that, you will sleep way more than eight hours. And that's because your brain and your body is trying to restore you from typically all the damage that you have caused it through poor behaviors. So it's so important to sleep uninterrupted and and find ways to kind of start winding down. I know some people read a book. Um, the ideal is to limit your screen activities uh, hour prior to when you want to go to sleep so that you're naturally kind of coming down that melatonin is naturally releasing as it should to then make you tired. Um, you shouldn't be dropping to sleep. You shouldn't be that tired where, you know, you're sitting around and if you're not doing that and you sleep. I'm only speaking this way because it's me. <laughs> and so um, making sure um, you having uh, good sleep hygiene and uh, not being interrupted during your sleep. So some ways to prevent that is having a set bedtime to have something to wind you down, either is reading, either is some soothing music, uh, either uh, it could be a nice restoring stretch, a nice meditation that kind of gets your mind into relaxed mode uh, and um, making sure that you are sleeping in a pitch dark room and also um, making sure like you don't have any interferences like the television um, or your phone to keep you from going from keeping you from sleeping um, as best as you can. Because if you ever went to sleep with the television on, you wake up and you feel like you've been up the whole time. It's because, you know, what's radiating from, what's coming off the um, computer, computer, what the TV being on and there still being programs on, you are actually conscious, subconsciously still up. Because your body is still transmitting that program because it's on. But if you, and, and even the same when you listen to soothing music and things like that. If you study, if you're studying right before you go to sleep, you know, those things kind of stay with you. And you wake up with that on your mind. And like, did this happen? Did that happen? And it actually disturbed your sleep, the television. And then it's hot. It radiates a lot of heat. So don't do that. <laughs> but uh, find ways on how you can reverse your sleeping habits and what you can do um, to get more sound sleep. And so my advice is to have a bedtime. So... You know, not necessarily going to sleep at the time on the dot, but at least going to sleep around that time, having an ideal wake up time and um, and having some some things to kind of wind you down into sleep and allow yourself to 
fall asleep versus drop to sleep. Because if you drop in the sleep, you're just very fatigued and you're out of it. And make sure that you're going to sleep in your bed and not sleeping on the floor or on a sofa, somewhere where it'll be uncomfortable and can produce a crick in your neck. So lastly, it's important to embrace change and seek support when going through aging because as you age, just naturally things change. Um, So being able to cope with that and to navigate that is important. And it's also important to have um, a support system. So if you don't have a support system within your family, within your relationship, you know, it's important to seek that support so that you feel good and you feel like someone has your back as life goes on and as you change and as you um, navigate different feelings that that come as a result of age. So I encourage you all to seek support from your friends, family, and uh, professional resources, there's a ton of things out there for you to use. And even with a lot of employers, there's different resources um, that's available. Like for me, I know my employer offers six free um, therapy sessions uh, during the course of the year. And they work with a lot of different um, programs that that um that focus around different health aspects. So see what you're already either paying for through um some type of membership or what your insurance may be covering because your insurance covers some things too. You know, sometimes you're able to get um like um reduced membership at certain gyms through your employer or through your insurance um, and things like that. So see what you already have on the table that you can utilize. And there's always a wealth of information on YouTube and other people podcasts where people do offer uh, information that can be beneficial for you. So I say seek all of your resources, you know, before you pay for anything, see what you have accessible either through um, means of YouTube, people around you, and your employer or your um, medical insurance. So in conclusion, we covered a couple of topics pertaining to what are contributing factors to low energy and ways you can navigate those different uh, areas to improve it. So we discussed how to um, create a sleeping routine, how important rest is, uh, the importance of having a well-balanced diet, and what physical exercise can truly add to you, not just in the physical 
um, part of it, but it actually helps your brain and put you in more of a euphoric state. Um, we also discuss the importance of balancing priorities and challenges that can come from that and potential uh, ways to prevent burnout and conserving your energy. Then lastly, we did discuss and touch on um, mental health and how different stressors and anxiety can contribute to that. And then also how to embrace change and seek support as we all age, which is very much the inevitable. We're all going to age as long as we're living. So we have to embrace it and redefine what we are at whatever age we are. It doesn't matter. We're still living and we still can be impactful no matter what age we are at. And uh, just my final thoughts is, you know, I hope that this information is very helpful and that we can go on this journey together with identifying what causes our low energy and even what ways we are what what things we are doing to maintain our high in a high energy and a well balanced life. Uh so for future podcasts I will continue to dive into a couple of more podcasts about being in my 30s and what some things that I have been seeing come up for me. And in the meantime, if you are experiencing any low energy, if you're not feeling well, please make sure that you seek medical attention and you get some blood work done so you can identify maybe uh, some deficiencies that you have that's contributed to it. But also, you know, just the sentiment of what this podcast is built on, that the key lies within, you know what is working for you and what is working for you. So as you um, reflect every day, make sure that you're gauging into what you did in your benefit today and what you did in your detriment today and work to maintain that benefit and also work to undo that detriment and be a better steward to yourself because no one would ever take care of you like you will and no one will ever truly know 100% of what you're experiencing, even when, you know, you communicate it to them because they can't physically feel like what what it's doing to you to really know, like, the sheer weight of what's happening. So always let's take care of ourselves. Let's dive within ourselves for the answer and also seek um, expert, um, personnel when we can't get those answers ourselves. Take care.